0: Good afternoon. It's great to see everybody. We are uh, beginning today a new series on the uh, book of Judges, so that's there should be an outline on the table in front of you, which is pretty sketchy, but I'm hoping that you'll fill in with, with some notes as I move along today. It is doubtful that we will get to the first chapter. I, all today is going to be introductory material, but I think it's important. So I hope you'll take some some good notes. Donna Dunn, it's great to have you here today. I think this is your first time with us at Tune Up, if I remember correctly. A, a couple of years. All right, good to have you here, and uh, welcome to everybody. <laughs> Let's bow our heads for prayer, and then uh, we will we will get started. Father, thank you for uh, this uh, beautiful beautiful day and all the blessings that it has brought to us. Thank you for strength and health for the peace and the joy that we have in Jesus. And we ask that today you speak to us as we begin our journey through the book of Judges. Pray that it will be profitable and beneficial to us as we seek to be more and more like Jesus in every way. Father, thank you for all who've come. Bless each one and their families. Use the food to strengthen us. And uh, we thank you again for this opportunity to fellowship with one another, to enjoy a meal together, and then to study your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, we've done a lot of books of the Bible uh, without repeating any of them. Uh, we just finished First Peter last week. So today, as announced earlier, we're going uh, to the Old Testament and uh, do one of the Old Testament books that we have not yet done, and that is the book of uh, Judges. And you'll notice underneath the title, I have written three words, sin, servitude, and grace. We will see those three words throughout the book of Judges. So let me give you some introductory material that I hope will be beneficial. There is a pattern that is easy to see in Judges. And it will be obvious in every chapter. Uh, there are several parts to the pattern, so let me just say that the first one is Israel does what is evil. Israel does what is evil. Secondly, God delivers Israel into the hands of an oppressor. God delivers Israel into the hands of an oppressor. Thirdly, Israel cries out to God. Israel cries out to God. Next, God raises up a deliverer. God raises up a deliverer and God blesses Israel for a while. That's the pattern over and over and over again. We'll see it in Judges. We see God's sovereignty. He oversees the affairs of people. We see people's sin and depravity. In spite of God's blessing, people can choose to live in the gutter. And we see man in his desperation in the book of Judges. What does he do, man and man that is, what does he do when he gets to the bottom? Well, we'll see that repeatedly in Judges. What we see God do is show his grace, his grace toward people who do not deserve it. In fact, the very definition of grace is receiving that which you don't deserve. So we're going to see God's grace repeatedly in judges. We see God doing what only God can do. We see God empowering those he chooses and then using them for his glory. He will choose people that we call judges, and those judges will then do what God empowers them to do, and he will use them for his glory. Judges 21-25, the very last verse of the entire book, reminds me of life in 2019. So here's the verse. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. Judges recounts the history of Israel from the time of Moses and Joshua until the time of Israel's first king, which would have happened a little before 1000 B.C. It was a time of spiritual pluralism. Israel lived among a people who had many gods, multiple gods. So how would Israel do Living among a people of multiple gods? Well, you already know the answer to that. They wouldn't do well at all. Israel will fail again and again and again and again. Now, having said that Israel lives among a people of many gods, was that the what God had wanted them to do? You remember? What had God told them to do, which they did not do? Drive them out, all of them. Drive them out of the land. They only partially completed the task that God had assigned to them. So as we go through Judges, we're going to find a book that tells of despicable people doing deplorable things. There's no way around it. Despicable people doing deplorable things. They are tales of trashy, dysfunctional people. There's no sense in my trying to be nice about it. There's no way to be nice about it. Even the heroes, the judges, are often very flawed. For example, think Samson. It is often a dismal story. But understand, it is history. It is not a series of tales put together. It is history. So, quite frankly, the question we might want to ask at this point is, why is this book in the Bible? And you may ask yourself that again as we journey through the book. This is not a book of virtues focusing on Inspirational stories. The Bible, unlike other religious works, is not about following moral examples. Sometimes people say that's what the Bible's about. No, it isn't. It's about God showing his mercy and long-suffering and working in spite of man's resistance. And Nowhere is that clearer than Judges. Ultimately, there is only one hero in Judges, and that hero is God. Now, here are um, here are some major themes of the Book of Judges. Ooh, this eraser is not very good. How about I use the, the towels? Yeah, that's better. I think the word "God" is uh, on this board forever. So, if you're going to leave something on a board forever, that's not bad, okay? All right, here we go. So, let me uh, let me write. Give you some themes, the major themes for the book of Judges. First, God relentlessly offers His grace to people who do not deserve it or seek it or even appreciate it. God, grace. God will offer his grace over and over again to people who do not deserve it or seek it or even appreciate it. You know, it's one thing to not deserve it because it's all of us. It's another thing to not seek it But it's quite another still to not even appreciate it when it, when God puts it right in your lap. Now, God is the only true savior and judges is ultimately about grace abounding to sinners. Second theme, God wants lordship over every area of our life. God wants lordship over every part of our lives. It seems that Israel never totally accepted that and never totally rejected God. They never totally accepted His leadership. They never totally rejected His leadership. That's not good. Waffle in the middle. Mainly like, God, we're in trouble. Get us out of this. And when God did, it was like, oh, forget you, God. We're going to move back to where we were. We're going to live like we used to live. All right, there's a third theme. There is tension in the book of Judges. Tension between grace and law. Well, how about that? (laughs) Read the New Testament also. It, there's a tension between grace and the law, conditionality and unconditionality. I'm not even sure those are words, conditionality and unconditionality. God demands obedience because He's holy. But then He makes promises of commitment and loyalty to His people. Things like, I'll, I'll be with you forever. He says, do this and I'll do that. And then he turns around and says, I will always be with you no matter what you do. So there's tension between conditionality and unconditionality. There there is tension between grace and law in the book of Judges. There's a tension because we see both grace and law, conditionality and unconditionality. Now when we get to the New Testament... The gospel will show us how that works, and it does. So we'll make allusions to that throughout our journey through Acts, uh, judges. Number four, we need continual spiritual growth. We need continual spiritual growth. Perhaps the most dangerous place for a Christian to be is the place where they say, I have arrived. That's not a good place to be. We need continual spiritual growth in our lives. Judges shows us what is possible in spiritual decline, but it shows what revival can do. It results in prayer, repentance, and the destruction of idols. Prayer, repentance, and the destruction of idols. And the leadership of anointed men and women. As we will see. So you and I need spiritual growth. No matter where we are, been a Christian for one year or 45 years, whether we're 25 years old or 85 years old, wherever we may be, we need continual spiritual growth. Now, number five, human saviors point through their flaws and strengths to the true Savior. Human saviors, like the judges, point through their flaws and strengths to the true Savior who is Jesus Christ. For instance... Um maybe you're familiar with all these names, maybe you 're not. in Othniel,' one of the judges we will see. we see God save through all. So just keep that in your mind we'll we'll get to that. In Deborah, we see that God can save through many. in Gideon, that God can save through a few. And in Samson, that God can save through the one. And God will save and has saved by sending the one who is Jesus. All right, so there's one more. A sixth theme. God is, I'm going to put it up here. God is in charge. God is In charge, no matter how things may look at any given point, God is in charge. He works his will through weak people. And in spite of weak people, his purpose is never thwarted. So do you see kind of where we're headed? Look at your drawing that I think is on the second page of your notes. Start at the top. Here's the cycle in print. The people rebel. Follow the arrows. God is angry. Follow the arrow. Oppression by enemies. The people cry out in repentance. God sends salvation through a chosen judge. Peace comes. I should have put in God blesses and then the judge dies and guess what happens next? We're right back at it again. The people rebel. Now, uh, Judges is a very confronting book. It is full of violence. It has horrifying stories of women in particular being abused The worst of it all is that it is about the people of God behaving abominably again and again and again and suffering the consequences for their behavior. There is chaos, or so it seems to us, in judges caused by the almost unbelievable perversity of people. But there is also the powerful presence of God who intervenes again and again to pull them back from the brink of oblivion. Because God is gracious, merciful, and he loves his people. The chaos keeps returning as you follow the cycle. And by the end, things seem to be going from bad to worse. Yet there is a muted hope for a king. There's a muted hope for a king who will be able to bring some order out of chaos. Looking ahead to the one true king, Savior, Lord of Lords. Notice the last verse again. In those days, Israel had no king. Muted desire. We need a king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Now they're going to get a king. Who's their first king? Yeah. Well, he was an interesting guy, wasn't he? Who will follow him? Yeah, David. Yeah. Okay. Who wrote Judges? We don't know. It's really likely, um, author unknown, but it's likely that these are, are stories, historical true stories, not tales, but stories... Of Israel's history that were at some point in time put into writing, compiled and put into writing, and, and we are the beneficiary of, of this fascinating book. Now, one thing that is helpful to us to understand, to grasp, and hopefully to do, is that when God guides us, tells us, speaks to us, commands us whatever words you want to use, when God tells us what to do, there will be a price to be paid for incomplete obedience. That's what happens to Israel. You remember the story of Joshua, the taking of the land, but they didn't drive all the ites out of the land. Perizzites, Jebusites, Canaanites, uh, all the ites. They didn't drive them all out of the land as they were told to do. And so because of that, there's going to be a price to be paid for incomplete obedience. Now you look at that and say, well, you know, the, the people wanted to be missionaries to the ites. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. What really happened, in fact, if you look at Israel's history Israel is supposed to have been a missionary people. From the very beginning, they were supposed to be a missionary people. In their long, illustrious history, they probably fulfilled that for about three or four years. They just never were the missionary people that God wanted them to be. And so there's a price to be paid for the incomplete conquest of the land, and it's a high price. God knew, God knew, God knew that they would compromise And they did. Surrounded by the ites, uh, they compromised. Intermarried, worshipped false gods, and down the hill they go. There's an obvious decline in moral leadership following Moses and Joshua. And we're going to read about some fascinating men and women in, in Judges and some people that God used, but we're not going to find very many of the judges who can be placed on a level with Moses and Joshua in their spiritual dynamic and their moral leadership. Uh, Just think about Samson. I've always been fascinated by the character of Samson. When I was a little boy, I just thought, man, Samson, he's something else. And he was something else. Um, But, you know, later as I grew older, I came to realize he wasn't really a very nice guy was he, but God used him. So we'll we'll follow the leadership of um, of these judges as we go through the book. Now, um, last four things, and then we'll be finished with the introductory material. And I'm gonna let you out early. Now, in school, that is that is met with yay. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe you're not all that happy about it, but. God in Judges, four things, I've written them down, God is righteous, we see it from beginning to ending, God is righteous, God is holy, Um, sometimes people will say, I just don't understand how a loving God could let such and such happen to me or to my family, I I don't, and I I understand that we've probably all been there at some point in time, but More difficult for me to answer is how could a holy God let me into his presence? How could he bless me? He's holy and he's righteous. Why in the world would he call me to himself? I feel like Paul, Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. Yeah, no, you're not. I'm I'm right ahead of you, Paul. And I know some of you, some of you are ahead ahead of him too. God is righteous. Secondly, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God will do what God chooses to do in accordance with his word and his will and his desire and for that which will bring him glory. God is sovereign. Number three, God is gracious and long-suffering. God is gracious and long-suffering. That's why you're a Christian because he's gracious and long-suffering. He's gracious and he called you to himself and he's long-suffering in that even though you have continued to sin he still puts up with you and keeps you, keeps you in the family god is gracious and long suffering and number 4 god values faith god values god treasures faith in his people okay that is a that's a brief look at at the introduction to the book of judges what i would like to encourage you to do I don't want you to interrupt whatever you're doing for your quiet time. Just keep doing what you're doing. But if you have a little extra time, uh, read Judges. And probably Judges is not where you are in your quiet time. (laughs) A lot of times folks get to Judges and say, no, I think I'll pass over that one. Um, read the first chapter for next Wednesday. And I think it'll help you. It'll benefit you as we, as we jump in. Um, and, and we'll, encounter Joshua again briefly. We know the book of Joshua ends with uh, uh, Joshua off the scene. scene. Joshua dies. And so we're going to see him again uh, briefly in chapter 1. And then we'll move on. Okay. I love being with you. You're a great crew. Let's pray. And then I hope to see you next Wednesday right here. Same time, same place. Father, we've much to learn from Judges. Judges. And so I pray that you would guide us, speak to us, instruct us. Thank you for all who've come today. Bless us as we go from this place, that we might be a reflection of the love of Christ before others. Thank you for your goodness, your graciousness, your long-suffering. Thank you for calling us to yourself. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of eternal life. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.